Good morning, all, and welcome to this morning's encounter with the Lord. This is Russell, your host. How are we all this morning? Good morning, Russell. Good, Good morning, morning Russell. Good morning, everyone. Apologies for the delayed start this morning. But let's say good morning, Father. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, for a new day. We thank you for the week gone by and for this restful weekend that you present us with. And we thank you, Lord, that you call each of us by name to be with you. We thank you that you are merciful. We thank you that you're ever willing to lift us up to pour your grace into our lives. Most importantly, just as your word says, you are faithful. You are always faithful and true. This is what gives us hope, Lord. That in our peaceful situations, in all our challenges, in all our storms, the one thing that we want to remember at all times, that we need to remember at all times, is that you are faithful and true. Has he said it and will he not do it? We hold on to that in our faith, Lord, as we come before you this morning. We thank you for the peace and the joy that you pour into our hearts. That which only you can give and no one else can give and no one else can take away either. And it is that peace in our secret place. When we commune with you, the place that we dwell in all the time, knowing that that peace is always there. You bid us come and draw from you as well and drink every single day. So that we are filled by your presence. Our spirit is nourished by your word. The manna that you give straight from heaven. Guided by your spirit. And remembering that we are his temple. Our body, our soul is where he lives. Our his temple. And he is there for the sole purpose of reviving, renewing, restoring us. We thank you Lord. That you are ever willing to pour that light into our lives and lift us up. So that every day we are more illuminated than what we were the yesterday. So that every day we move forward only and backward never. So that every day we bid goodbye to some element of darkness in our life that has been illuminated by your truth and we are set free in that space, that part of our lives. And we share that same peace and joy, Lord, with all those that are part of this prayer meeting and praying family. We share it with all those that we are lifting up in prayer today. We share it with Christians everywhere that do not yet know you. You are still across hanging on that wall in that building called a church. And with all those that do not want to know you. Let our hearts be lifted up, Lord. Let our eyes be focused on you. And we ask of you, Lord, to call each one, to quicken them. For unless you draw them to you, they cannot come. And as we lift each of these up in our prayer, Lord, we call on your name. The name of our maker, our creator, the lifter, the great I am. The God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. The God who always honors faith, the ancient of days. Our strong tower, our fortress, our refuge and our portion in the land of the living. The strength of our salvation who has covered our head in the day of battle. That we stay protected and that we are guided. The helmet of salvation. We thank you Lord. 
We thank you, Father, that you have blessed us with that helmet, with your armor. And we pray in the name of your son, Jesus, the word himself, the rider on the white horse who leads us in the day of battle, the one who has enriched us in all utterance and knowledge, the one who holds the key of David, that what he opens, no one can shut, and what he shuts, no one can open. But he is opening a new door for us today. The author and the finisher of our destiny, the Prince of Peace. And we pray in the name of his spirit, the spirit that he gave to us through Pentecost. He said, I am sending you the comforter, the advocate, the intercessor, the one who would make his tabernacle within our body and give life to our spirit, that we are made alive and active in the spirit, that we are restored to God's original glory, that we are forgiven our sins through the mercy of God by the blood covenant. The spirit of victory, that spirit of El Shaddai, the spirit of light, who makes every revelation in the word come alive to us. That there is a positive shift in our understanding and our application of it. He is the seal of the age to come, the scepter of the king of kings, the father of all spirits, to whom every spirit in the universe, good and bad, are subject. He is the Lord in the midst of his people, who is mighty. Father, we thank you that you have blessed us with your spirit that moves among and in us. We thank you that you have blessed us with the gift of your word, your revelation, that contains your principles, your prophecies, your promises, that we might be able to walk in abundance so he came in the form of that word, that we might achieve the dominion that you once bestowed on us, that you covenanted to us. And it is you who work unceasingly, tirelessly, to restore it back. We thank you, Father. As we make our prayer and our reflection this morning, I cover and seal every word we speak and every prayer we make, as well as every member of every family that is part of this prayer group by the precious blood of Jesus. We put on our angels and dispatch them on assignments in accordance with your holy will for our lives, Lord. We call the angel of the Lord to encamp about each of us to protect and keep us safe from harm, sin, danger, accident, injury, pilfering, theft, hijacking, terrorism, any kind of natural disasters and spiritual attacks. I command that angelic protection and I declare divine exemption in the mighty and all-powerful name of Jesus. We also herald the power in our spoken word. As we proclaim your word, Lord, from Isaiah 55, verse 10 and 11, that says, As the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word that goes out of my mouth this day. It will not return to me empty, neither will it fall to the ground, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. When I sow it as a seed, it must germinate and grow. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of discernment and the power of life on our tongue, that every time we open our mouth to speak, we speak out of your wisdom, out of your revelation, 
and we always discern and choose life, not death in any circumstance. Thank you, Lord. In Mark 12, verse 31, when Jesus answered the query about the greatest commandment, what is the greatest commandment? And then he said, after loving God, love your neighbor as yourself. That is what we shall reflect on today. Where he compared the love we must have for our neighbors to the love that we have for ourselves. Love them as much as we love ourselves. And we know that we are the most precious thing in our own eyes. We ourselves, aren't we? You might love your children more than yourself. But what about your neighbor? And the question there is, who is your neighbor? That you should see your own self-image in. Proverbs 3 verse 28 says, Do not say to your neighbor, go and come again tomorrow. I will give what you are asking then when you actually have it with you now. So to explain that about the neighbor, Jesus gave us the parable of the traveler and the good Samaritan in Luke 10, verse 25 to 37, <clears throat> where it says the traveler was attacked by robbers, stripped off everything stolen, and he was beaten and left for dead. A priest passing by moved to the other side of the road, and so did the Levite. They didn't want to dirty their hands. They probably were thinking like we would think today. That's a matter for the police. We can't be interfering there. We shouldn't be touching it. But the Samaritan cared for him and bandaged him. So let's look at this a little more closely. When you look at it spiritually, a traveller is a pilgrim. We are all pilgrims here on earth. In that sense, a pilgrim here is a believer. He was attacked. Someone that belongs to the church of God. And he was attacked, everything stolen and left to die. Here I'd like you to recall John 10.10 10, which says the devil comes or the thief comes which we know is the devil to steal, kill and destroy this believer and as a result he is in a terrible state needing help needing counseling needing prayers of agreement most importantly needing the bandaging of the gospel of Jesus of salvation so that he can heal In short, it represents someone who has been attacked by the devil and has been harmed seriously. There are lots of these around us. Everyone, there is no one that is spared. There is no one that he makes friendship with. There is no one that the devil negotiates with. He doesn't care whether they are Christian, whether they are saved or not. And unless we learn to fight our battles, 
we will continue to be in that state. Unless we gain that spiritual wisdom and intelligence. Unless we gain those kind of associations. We will still end up being like that traveler. The question is, if you saw such a person that has been afflicted in this way, and there are many on our prayer group and maybe in your church and in your neighborhood as well, who are not necessarily physically bruised but spiritually harmed, and you can see it, would you be willing to give him or her the gospel? To counsel and to pray with them? Obviously, you can only pray with one that is willing to accept and receive it. If they refuse, you can't force it. But would you, it is not about them now, the question is, would you be willing to give him the gospel? Because the question that you are asking yourself and the Lord is, who is my neighbor? Let's look at the same question now from a different angle. We'll go to a different part of the Bible, the Old Testament. And use a different example. Jonah, the prophet. It seems totally unrelated. God sent him to Nineveh to preach repentance. Otherwise, there was destruction impending on them. But he escaped in the opposite direction. God asked him to go by land. He escaped by sea. He hated the people of Nineveh. In his heart, he had already condemned them as sinners and wanted them to suffer judgment. He went by sea, landed in the belly of a whale until he agreed to go to Nineveh. He kept going through all sorts of obstacles, hurdles, challenges, struggles. It almost cost him his life. Until there was a resurrection. You see Jesus referencing that. That he was to rise up after remaining three days in the belly of death, just like Jonah remained for three days in the belly of the whale. There had to be that resurrection in Jonah as well. He came to his senses and understanding where he was willing to give up and die to that old belief, that old thinking and renew his mind. Then God raised him up and the whale threw him ashore where he could now with that new fortitude that he had gained through that process of transformation, resurrection, he could go to Nineveh. But now listen carefully. When God wants to teach and correct you, he reroutes you like Jonah till you are transformed in the same way. Now let's link this to the story, the parable of the Good Samaritan there. Listen carefully. He reroutes you like Jonah till you are transformed from being that priest, being that Levite with clean hands who didn't want to dirty them. Transformed to being the good Samaritan who acted out of mercy and compassion and took on the image and the likeness of Jesus for that fellow traveler. Till then, he keeps on rerouting. He keeps on teaching us very patiently, coming down to our level of understanding. Jonah refused correction and was drowning. He almost lost his life and cried, Lord, save me. 
even after knowing he had sinned by disobeying God. And yet there was an expectation there that God should have mercy on him in that moment and spare his life, but not spare the people of Nineveh. This was before his transformation. Now, isn't that selfish? And isn't that exactly how we are? We want God's mercy. But at the same time, anyone else that harms us, or let them be judged. We pass the judgment ourselves sometimes out of our anger. What about situations when we are biased, when we think racism, casteism, when we differentiate by social status, religious status, financial status? And yet when it comes to us, we want mercy for ourselves, but stand to judge others. Anything that makes us look down on others has already brought the division. And that's what our message for today is. Love your neighbor. If you want mercy, show him mercy. If you want love, show him love. If you want forgiveness, show him. When I say him, I'm just trying to be gender neutral. Please don't take it specifically. It could be him, her, any person. Please show them. If you want forgiveness, show them forgiveness. And this is what Luke 6 verse 38 truly means when you read it in the whole context. Give and it shall be given unto you. Multiplied and given back. It is not only about giving our money and our tithes. But donning the nature of God, the giver who gave of his everything for our sake. We take on that nature. So when we ask, Lord, who is my neighbor? Remember that we are benchmarking against the lowly regarded, or should I say the humble Samaritan, and not against the priest, the Levite, and certainly not against God's prophet, all of whom didn't want to look at that traveler. In Jonah's case, the traveler were the people of Nineveh. I started off by saying we are all pilgrims. And we all make mistakes. Lord, to be one who is willing to share the gospel with others. To counsel them and to pray for and with them in agreement. And to teach them to pray, to teach them your way, to teach them your word. To be that neighbor. We ask for this edification, Lord, in our spirit today. And as we pray for spiritual edification, we also pray for our physical and our temporal needs. We pray, Lord, for all those that are battling all kinds of sickness and disease. That will undergo any kind of procedures today. For all families that are embattled, that are facing division and separation. Let there be outpouring of your love, Father. For what you have joined together and you are witness to it. Let no wicked spirit steal from them. No man spirit to separate or destroy. 
We pray, Lord, also for all those of us that are battling all kinds of strongholds in our lives, thought patterns that have taken charge and hold and now govern the way we live, especially that of breathlessness, busyness, all kinds of traditions that we are accustomed to that have kept us away from you and connected to other gods in our lives, including our own habits. We pray especially, Lord, against that, against prayerlessness, busyness, ignorance of your ways and poverty, all designed to keep your people in subjection. We raise our altar of prayer against this altar of sin and iniquity that stands in the way of the way of the destiny of your people, Father. We join our altar to your throne of grace. Just as we are advised, let us boldly approach the throne of grace, knowing that that throne of grace is the altar that you sit on, the king of the universe sits on. And we draw and drink from that. Our destiny is connected to that altar. Our ministry, our prayer group, our families are connected to that altar. So that every other altar comes against us, Lord. We plead the blood of the eternal covenant against it. We declare every other such altar of sin and iniquity over these lives destroyed in the name of Jesus. Every chain, every yoke broken. We declare liberty by the Spirit of God and by His Word. We pray for our own personal needs, those of our families and our friends as well, Lord. Father, we thank you that you have heard us, that you always hear us. And as we release our faith and our prayer, making this a prayer of agreement with each other in the Spirit, we believe we have received, Lord. We believe that this prayer is an answered prayer in the name of Jesus. I encourage everyone that can pray in the Spirit using the gift of tongues to unmute and join in. Those that are praying for that gift, release your tongue and your faith. Ask the Holy Spirit to take over. Let us now make our prayer in the Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Shadakia, 
Ombre <laughs> 
Sarakanaba, <laughs> Sandaka, <laughs> An all-powerful name of Jesus. We release our faith, Lord. We believe we have received. Make this a prayer of agreement and we say, Amen. We agree as touching upon it. Let it be so in the name and for the glory of Jesus. The scripture that's been placed on my heart this morning is from Galatians 4, verses 8 to 10. Formerly, when you did not know God, you were in bondage to beings that by nature are no gods. But now that you have come to know God, or rather to be known by God, how can you turn back again to the weak and beggarly elemental spirits? whose slaves you want to be once more. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We have a couple of scriptures <clears throat> that have been shared in the chat. The first one is from John 14, verse 5 to 11, quoted from the GNT. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. And Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip? Even as I 
have been even after i have been among you such a long time anyone who has seen me has seen the father how can you say show us the father don't you believe that i am in the father and that the father is in me the words i say to you i do not speak on my own authority rather it is the father living in me who is doing his work believe me when i say that i am in the father and the father is in me or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves and the same applies to us as well when we say we are living in jesus and jesus living in us the words that we speak are his words under his authority The next one is from 1 John 2 verses 3 to 6 quoted from the NIV it's about love and hatred for fellow believers where it is written we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments whoever says i know him but does not do what he commands is a liar and the truth is not in that person but if anyone obeys his word love for god is truly made complete in them and this is how we know we are in him whoever claims to live in him must live as jesus did amen thank you jesus powerful reflection there in the chat if you are being blessed by these morning encounters by brother savio's daily spirit filled practical reflections our daily divine mercy and rosary sessions and the friday bible study sessions please share those links for people to join on zoom and youtube share them with family and friends invite them to receive the same gift that you are receiving in your blessing you can also point them if they can't join live point them to the recordings that are stored on youtube that are stored on our spotify podcast page and also posted on facebook and let the mercy and the grace and the peace of our lord jesus christ and his favor that comes out of his jealous love for us chases and overtakes us let that be multiplied in each of our lives this day so that as we are blessed let us in turn go out and be a blessing to everyone around us in the name of jesus and for his glory we bless and have a wonderful day and a great weekend ahead everyone thank you rasul thank you rasul thank you everybody